The Giants begin making roster cuts to get under the cap. That plus a couple of crazy thoughts, including a potential trade scenario for running back Saquon Barkley, coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and thank you so much for tuning in, making the Locked On Giants Podcast your first listen of the day. Or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Really appreciate all the uh, feedback we've been receiving here on the show. And for today's show, I'm going to get you caught up on some of the roster moves that have taken place so far. A couple roster moves made on Wednesday to start getting the Giants under the salary cap. And I'm sure there's going to be questions regarding the cap. Um, We're also going to talk about some funky scenarios some scenarios that uh you know i was talking to a couple of people about different things the giants might do and these are just to me they're kind of outrageous but i'm going to mention them on the show in segment two and kind of see what some of you think i'm sure some of you will will weigh in which you're welcome to do of course um via email via you know our text message service or if you're watching on YouTube by responding in the comments section. So that's certainly something you can do. And then finally, we're going to close out with um, a proposed scenario for Saquon Barkley. So that is our lineup on this Thursday edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. Again, happy to have you with us. And uh, before we jump into everything, just real quick, looking ahead next week, I'm going to try and get some guests on to talk about um, the combine, the workouts of which are scheduled to start on Thursday. They're scheduled to start today and they're going to run through the weekend. So we'll get some people in who actually saw the workouts. We'll do Twitter Tuesday next week and then we'll just keep on rolling um, as the Giants continue to make cuts. And I'm sure there are more cuts coming on the roster. So all that and more is coming up on the Lockdown Giants podcast. All right, let's get you caught up on the roster moves. Now, on Tuesday, General Manager Joe Shane spoke about uh, how roster moves would be coming, the Giants needing to get under the salary cap. And uh, the Giants, if I'm not mistaken, they were something like $12 million under, um, I believe it was like something $12 million, um before they made the moves uh that's total and then it was something like 24 if i'm not mistaken uh in effective cap space and effective cap space is what the team needs to be at in order to comply with the top 51 rule that begins on march 16th which is the start of the new league year all right so since i know this question is going to come up i'm going to answer it and a lot of you are going to say are probably wondering okay where did the giants stand with cap space and you know look just an fyi folks cap space is going to be fluid over the next several weeks so i'll give you a figure today but that doesn't mean that that figure by the time you hear this podcast is going to be accurate so that's the disclaimer but 
Um, as far as cap space goes, um, the Giants still remain in the red. They are 19.048 million in the red for effective cap space. That means they've got to trim another 19 million just to break even to qualify or actually comply with the top 51. They have 6.497 million total cap space. So that is if they had like uh, just a 53 man roster. All right, so still a lot of work to be done. The Giants on Wednesday did make two cuts, one of which um, I expected, I outlined it in my salary cap plan, the other which I was kind of on the fence with. I was 50-50 and I leaned towards not cutting him. I leaned, I think, more towards reducing his salary. But um, the cuts that were made were tight end Kyle Rudolph and Devonta Booker running back. All right, now Rudolph, I fully expected, you know, there was just no way they were going to carry him forward, especially after, you know, the season he had last year and how he kind of looked shot, to be honest with you. All right, um, Devonta Booker. Now that was the guy that I thought maybe the Giants would keep. Would they maybe lower his number perhaps? But um, you know what? Working against him is the fact that you've got Saquon Barkley in front of you right now, regardless of, you know, what happens with Barkley. And we'll talk about the trade thing scenario coming up later in the program. But you've got Saquon Barkley in front of you, counting for $7.2 million plus guaranteed money. Bark, uh, Booker, excuse me, was going to count for $3.125 million. So with that transaction, the Giants saved $2.125 million off their cap. So you have that one. You have the $5 million that the Giants saved in cutting Kyle Rudolph. So they have saved $7.125 million off their cap, um, which, again, they're still in the red, but they're getting a little closer. They're chipping away at that. And there's still plenty more moves that they can do. And uh, over on Giants Country, I posted a updated salary cap plan um, basically what i did was i restructured james bradbury because i've kind of heard mixed thoughts about james bradbury i still think he's going to be cut but a few people have told me that he might stick around this year with but at a lower number so i accommodated uh for that and uh, was able to shave his number down and i also added in a few cuts that I hadn't accounted for in my previous plan. And they included um, Nick Gates. They included, um, let me just see, Nick Gates, Caden Smith, uh, Darius Slayton. And um, yeah, so Nick Gates, Caden Smith, Darius Slayton. Now, I didn't include O'Shane Zimenez. I think he's going to be in there as well. That's really not going to move the needle that much. But, you know, look, it's every little bit counts, I guess. But um in revising my plan, I came up with $44.12 million in savings, which is still, you know, right about where I think Shane wants to be. That'll give him about uh, $31.9 million to work with um, overall and about $19.3 in effective cap space. So still a lot of work to be done again. Um, the Booker decision, again, I was 50-50 on that. The Rudolph decision, that was a no-brainer. 
um, some of these new decisions that I put into this article on Giants Country, which I will include in the show notes, by the way. Um, they're more procedural type moves um, in addition to moves that I ha- already had, such as uh, uh, Sterling Shepard, um, Blake Martinez. I had him as a restructure. Um, Riley Dixon as a cut. Leonard Williams I had as a restructure and Kenny Galladay I had as a restructure. And look, I know some people have said to me, well, Pat, Joe Shane said that he doesn't want to really have to kick the can down the road. And I get that, folks. But when I restructured these contracts, I made sure to keep it in such a way that there's not a lot of money kicked down the road. So I tried to balance it out. And I will post a link to that article in the show notes if you want to check it out. Because it's just, I've got a spreadsheet there that you could see exactly what my math looks like and and uh, again you can comment on it if you want and you know if it doesn't make sense feel free to ask me about it and I'll be happy to answer that so all right folks we still have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast including some offbeat suggestions I have for the roster which I'll tell you about in just a bit but first I got to tell you about Bet Online, our friends over at betonline.net uh, they are the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline.net is also the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news, whether it's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, or your favorite Vegas games. Head on over to their website today on your mobile device or your desktop to learn more about the trends and all the action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, folks, so in this segment, I'm going to talk about a couple of crazy ideas. And I am I am giving you permission, not that you need my permission, to say that they're crazy if you don't agree with them. But uh, basically, let me give you a little background before I get into them. I was talking with um, some people about different scenarios that the Giants are facing and what they might do in certain scenarios, one on, do- on uh, defense, one on offense. And... We came up with some counter arguments to some popular beliefs that exist in the media and amongst the fan base. And some of these ideas may sound crazy. You might hear them and say, no way, Pat, it's not happening. You might turn off the podcast for that matter and say, look, I don't want to hear anymore. But look, I thought they were kind of interesting and I wanted to share them with you want to hear what you think. So uh, if nothing else, this should generate some discussion amongst everybody because, hey, that's what this podcast is all about. Not just me sitting here yammering all day long, but also hearing from you guys and gals, getting your feedback on what's discussed. So I mentioned there were a couple of ideas on personnel decisions that the Giants are going to have to make. And the first one involves tight end Evan Ingram. Now, Evan Ingram, as we all know, is going to be an unrestricted free agent. And the feeling is the Giants will move on from him for a number of reasons. Number one, they, um, the injury history, all right? Ingram, every year, with the exception of one, has missed games due to injuries. The drop sees issue. Ingram has had uh, a problem with ball security and dropping uh, passes, especially in big cases uh, or big big time scenarios number three Ingram is a receiver really in a tight ends body all right so he's not a guy you're going to ask to block 
All right. He just, he's a willing blocker, but he's not good at it. So he's kind of one dimensional. All right. He's got this tantalizing speed and downfield ability, but it just hasn't been brought out. All right. So really no reason to resign Evan Ingram, right? Especially if you consider that Brian Dable up in Buffalo ran mostly 11 personnel. All right. And tight ends weren't as big of a factor in the passing game up there as the receivers were. So all the signs would seem to point to Evan Ingram leaving. And I, and I think he will. But there is a potential scenario where Ingram doesn't leave. And here it is. The Mike Kafka effect. Now let's talk about the offense that Mike Kafka came from. That being the Kansas City Chiefs. And let's talk about the tight end that the Chiefs have and how he's been deployed. Now, before I go for any further, I am in no way, shape, or form comparing Evan Ingram to Travis Kelsey. One is a pro bowler. The other one is just a former first-round pick who is a good guy, a hard worker, but just hasn't made good. I'm talking about how they are deployed in their respective offenses. All right, Travis Kelsey, not a blocker. All right, you're not going to see him do much in the way of active blocking. What you are going to see Travis Kelsey do, and this is where you might be able to make a case, albeit a slim case, but a case nonetheless to bring back Evan Ingram, is you will see Kelsey line up as the big slot guy. All right, now why do I mention that? Because if you look at the trends in the NFL, what happens? The slot cornerback has become a very important position. And a lot of times you put a, you know, teams will put a smaller slot cornerback on the assumption that they're going to face a smaller receiver. Well, you go and you put a big tight end in there and guess what, folks? Now you have a mismatch. So it's just kind of interesting. This is something that the Chiefs have done um, under Andy Reid. And you wonder if this is something that Kafka is going to bring with him from Kansas City and suggest be incorporated in the Giants offense. And if not for Evan Ingram, maybe for the next tight end they draft. But anyway, if you were talking about keeping a guy who is a good locker room presence, um, who works hard, who maybe can even mentor a young tight end, Evan Ingram is your guy. Now, I again, people are going to say to me, no, 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 get him out of here. He can't get out of here fast enough. I do not think Evan Ingram will be back. Certainly not, you know, on a cheap deal. I think um, his agent's going to probably want to get him a decent deal because he is still young. He does have talent and he might flourish better, quite honestly, on a fast track, you know, like down in New Orleans, for example, or out in Arizona or something like that. But that's a case that could be made to bring Evan Ingram back. And um, I again, I don't think it happens, but uh, had to throw that out there. So I'm curious to see what you guys and gals think about that. Now, there's one other case, this one on the defense that I want to talk about. And that is if the Giants move on from James Bradbury. And that scenario, quite honestly, I think is 50-50. I mean, they've got to do something about his cap number. We can all agree on that. But will they cut him? 
possibly. I mean, I, I think if I'm the Giants, I try and get something for him in a trade. Again, maybe I call up Kansas City and see if maybe they I can swing something for for uh, for Bradbury. Um, Kansas City, let me just check. They have um, the all right. The Chiefs don't have the cap money right now to fit James Bradbury in, but you know they can always. You know, if the Giants are desperate enough to get rid of him, they could always take on part of the salary, the 12 point, I think it's 12.9 million that Bradbury is due to earn and split the difference with the Chiefs. That's a, that's a salary cap me method um, that a lot of people don't know about, but that can be done. All right, so if the Giants do move on from James Bradbury, be it a cut or a trade, what do they do at that opposite cornerback spot across from Adore Jackson? All right. Obviously, the, the top answer is you bring in a draft pick. But here's the thing, folks. If the Giants have an, one of the two top offensive linemen on the board and one of the top pass rushers on the board at five and seven, does it make sense for them to pass on an offensive tackle and a pass rusher in favor of a cornerback? I'm not so sure it does. All right. So if you're the Giants now and you have access to the top one of those top offensive tackles, and then two picks later, one you know, one of your top defensive uh edge rushers is on the board, you're gonna not take a cornerback until at the earliest day two. Possibly in the second round, maybe even the third round, depending on, you know, who's on the board at what point. So now you've got to ask yourself, okay, if I take a day two draft pick at cornerback, is he going to be better than James Bradbury? And if the answer is yes, then you grab him. But if you find that the value is not there, what do you do at that vacant cornerback spot? Well, here's a thought. And again, I know it's going to be crazy. But what about Aaron Robinson? Now, look, here's the thing, folks. Aaron Robinson, when he played at UCF, was primarily a slot cornerback. I get that. He didn't have a whole lot of experience playing on the outside. Comes to the Giants, he has injury issues, so we see a small sample size, but one that was very encouraging looking. So let's ask ourselves, could Aaron Robinson potentially play outside cornerback, replacing James Bradbury, who, by the way, has a voidable year in his contract for 2023. It's not as crazy as it sounds. Now, would the Giants go that route? Probably not, because again, Aaron Robinson, not a big enough sample size. Maybe you go with a veteran if you move on from Bradbury. Maybe you just keep Bradbury for the year and then say goodbye to him after this year. And again, he's got the voidable uh, year in his contract. So he is not going to, um, you know, I think he's going to count for something like 1.33 million in dead money in 2023. But Aaron Robinson, that's a guy I think we have to wonder about and where he fits in. You also have Darnay Holmes. Darnay Holmes is, is more of your slot guy, I think. But can Aaron Robinson, who has that good size and that speed, play on the outside? And I think that's something the coaches are going to want to find out, to be honest with you. 
could make for some intrigue this year on the defense. All right, Jane fans. So those are my two wackadoodle ideas. I, again, want to hear what you think about both of them. And coming up, we're going to talk about Saquon Barkley and what it might take for a team to lure him away. All right, Giant fans, you've got Patricia Trina here on the Loth on Giants podcast on Thursday. And as you're listening to this show, actually, depending on what time you're listening to this show, uh, the NFL Combine workouts start today. So um, I believe the quarterbacks are up first. Um, they're going to work out and then obviously the running backs, the receivers, the tight ends, all, you know, the rest of the positions will follow suit and that will continue through to the weekend. And we'll try and have a wrap up show for you, um, at some point next week, in addition to Twitter Tuesday, of course, and I am working on getting a guest for you, a Giants player, current Giants player guest. So fingers crossed that comes together because this will be a good interview if I get who I'm targeting. See, I'm always full of surprises for you guys and gals, right? So anyway, let's talk Saquon Barkley. All right. Now, Joe Shane made headlines when he discussed the possibility of Saquon Barkley being on the trading block. So that got me thinking, what might it take for a team to, to swing a deal with the Giants to get Saquon Barkley if they are indeed serious about moving him? Which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen... I question whether they really are serious about moving him. And I say that because if they really wanted to move him, why would they be building in specific plays and parts of their playbook that include him? You know, because talents like, like his, they're kind of unique. So why would you waste time doing that if you weren't planning on having him? Well, let's talk about what might what it might take for somebody to get Barkley. All right, so I'm going to use the Leonard Williams uh, contract and trade from a few years ago as an example. Now, when the Giants traded for Leonard Williams, and yes, I know, folks, that's still a sore spot with some of you. I get it. Um, but when they traded with the Jets, Leonard Williams was in the option year of his rookie deal. I don't remember what he made at the time, but what I do remember was that as part of the trade, the Giants had to give the Jets a third round pick and a conditional fifth that would have turned into a fourth had the Giants signed Leonard Williams to a long-term deal after that first half season that Williams was a Giant, which didn't happen, by the way. So the pick remained a fifth round pick. But here's the other thing that I think a lot of people forget about and I think could factor in to a Saquon Barkley deal. The Jets agreed to pay most of Leonard Williams's remaining uh, salary on his contract. So basically what you had was a split where the Giants, I, who I think might have been cap strapped at the time when they made that acquisition, they paid part of it, but the Jets paid the bulk of it. All right. So now if you are the Giants and you get an offer from a team, let's say, uh, because we know we're not going to get a first round pick offer. We probably will not get a second round pick offer. And I question whether we would get a third round pick offer for Saquon Barkley, given that he is coming off the injuries, you know, the ankle, obviously, and, and uh, still working his way back from, from the ACL. So what could the Giants realistically get? 
All right. How about a fifth round pick that becomes a conditional fourth if certain criteria is met? And how about the Giants saying to the acquiring team, look, we will split the difference in Barkley's salary. Okay, so in other words, folks, Barkley is due a guaranteed $7.2 million. So what's to say that the Giants in any negotiations they have and a potential trade partner say, you know what, you pay half, we'll pay half. Now, it's not getting the entire salary off the books. I get that. But it's getting half of it off the books. And half is better than none. All right? So the Giants could potentially clear salary cap space if they make such a, you know, if such a term is included in any offer. I could see a team going for that, to be honest with you. If they could get Saquon Barkley at, at a low rate like that, you know, half of $7.2 million, why not? Especially if the guy shows that he's healthy and, uh, you know, his, that his past issues with the ACL are indeed behind them. Now, again, I do not think the Giants will trade him. I think that's all wishful thinking on some people's part. I think it's all hearsay, but should never know. And the fact that Joe Shane opened that door is why we're talking about it. You know, there was a time when I would have said there's no way in heck the Giants will trade Saquon Barkley. Now, I'm not so sure. So we'll see. And, and I'll tell you what could potentially give us a clue as to whether or not the Giants might really entertain offers from Saquon. And that is what they end up doing for the rest of their salary cap cuts. So in other words, if they can get to the $40 million that Shane is looking to get to without having to trade Barkley, chances are he's going to stay. If uh, they fall short and they have to make more moves, Maybe he, maybe they look to move him. I don't know. Uh, maybe I, I'm not going to say they're going to extend him. They they certainly can't touch that money because he does. You know that money is guaranteed. He does need to get the seven point two million. But uh, that's going to be a very interesting scenario to see how that plays out. And you know, again, I don't see the Giants getting anything really higher right now than maybe a conditional fifth that can turn into a fourth if Barkley plays a certain percentage of the snaps for his new team. So bottom line, folks, I think Barkley is going to be a giant in 2022. Um, yes, the case can be made to move him. I don't see it happening, though. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us on the Locked on Giants podcast. Hope you enjoyed the program. As always, be sure to tune in tomorrow as we continue coverage on the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine. Uh, hopefully we'll have some results, some more scuttlebutt to talk about, and we'll get you caught up on everything. So until then, everybody, have a great one. And thanks for making the Locked on Giants podcast your first listen of the day, or if on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Have a great one.